Where did you come from, baby dear? Out of the everywhere, into here. Ah, oh, but you're a baby no longer. You're a boy now, and it's almost time. Soon I must waken you from your dreams, for we have a journey to make. Are you ready now to fly the nest? No, but I must make you ready. And I have so many other matters to attend to as well. You will not often see me like this, little man. To you I may sometimes seem far away, sometimes even fierce. But I will always be here with you. And it's all for your own good. So now, my task is to prepare you for what lies ahead. to tell you about the back of the north wind. What kind of place is that, you might well ask. I must confess at once that I have never been there myself. But long ago, I became the friend of a boy, one of the few people who has ever traveled there and returned to tell the tale. In fact, I became the boy's tutor. But already I'm running ahead of my story. At that time, my pupil, I call him that, though in a way he was my teacher, used to live in a little room over a coach house in London. I'm not sure whether I ought to call it a room at all, for it was really the loft of the stable where they kept hay and straw and oats for the horses. And that's where Little Diamond lived, in a hayloft. Oh, I should explain that that was the boy's name. Diamond. His father was a coach driver, you see, and had named his son after his favorite horse, Old Diamond, who lived in the stable below Young Diamond's attic. The wall behind the boy's bed was made of wooden planks an inch thick, and on the other side of them was the sky and the stars and the north wind. One night, when Little Diamond lay down to sleep, he found that a knot of wood had flown out of one of the planks, and the wind was blowing through in a cold and rather imperious fashion. So, he jumped out of bed, took a little bundle of hay, twisted it up, folded it in the middle, and having made it into a kind of cork, he stuck it into the hole in the wall. There. That's it. There. But the wind began to blow loud and angrily. And as Diamond was falling asleep, out blew his cork and hit him on the nose, just hard enough to wake him up. He searched for his hay cork, found it, stuck it in harder, and was just knocking off once more when the cork struck him again, this time on the cheek. Up he rose once more, made a fresh twist of hay, and corked the whole severely. Now stay it. Then, as Diamond snuggled down to sleep, he thought he heard something. Little boy. <gasps> My window. 
What? Who is that? Window? What window? You keep stuffing hay into it, so I keep on blowing it out again. This little knot hole. It ain't my window. It's just a hole in the wall. I did not say it was your window. I said it was my window. But it can't be a window, can it? Because windows are to see out of. That's precisely what I made this window for. But you're already outside. You don't need a window, do you? Windows are to see out of, you say. My house may be the great outdoors, but I want a window to see out of as well. What? A window into my room? Your mother has three windows into my dancing room, and you have three into my attic. So it's perfectly reasonable for me to have one into your room. Well, I don't get it. Really, I don't. you open the window because the north wind will blow right in my face if i do i am north wind how do you know what i will do oh you're the north wind and no lie why would i lie will you promise not to blow on my face if i open your window i can't promise that open it and see all right but i'll have to pull the blanket over my head first so i don't catch a chill Dear, it's cold. Tell me your name, little boy. The Diamond. Oh, what a funny name. No, it's not. It's, it's a very nice name. I don't know about that. Come out from under those bedclothes and speak to me properly. Diamond. I'd rather stay under here, if you don't mind. And Diamond is a very good name. Perhaps there's a name, but a diamond is rather a useless thing. That's not true. Diamond is very, very strong. And makes a big noise in the morning, getting up on his four legs. Sounds like thunder. You don't seem to know what a diamond is. I do so. Diamond is a lovely, gentle horse, and he sleeps right under me. He is old Diamond, and I'm young Diamond. Or to put it in another way, North Wind, being so precise as you are, he's big Diamond, and I'm little Diamond. And the truth is, no one knows which one of us my dad likes best. <laughs> Won't you take your head out of the blankets? Just for a moment. No! The instant he said no, with such an emphasis, a tremendous blast of wind swept the blanket off Diamond. He started up, terrible. Leaning over him was the large, beautiful, pale face of a woman. Her dark eyes looked a little angry, for they'd just begun to flash. But a quivering in her sweet upper lip made her look as if she was going to cry. What was most strange was that away from her head streamed out her black hair in every direction so that the darkness in the hayloft looked as if it were made of her hair. But as Diamond gazed at her in amazement, entranced by her mighty beauty, her hair began to gather itself out of the darkness and fell down all about her again till her face 
looked out of the midst of it like a moon out of a cloud. I'm sorry I had to be so rough with you. Will you go with me now, little diamond? With you? Well, yeah, I, I will, Mum. But please, um, Mum, how shall I get dressed? My clothes room, my parents' room. Your nightshirt will serve well enough. You shall not be cold. I must take good care of you, Diamond. Or Martha will have something to say about it. You know my mother's name? Of course. I was with her when you were born. Then why didn't you know my name? I knew your name. I only asked you so I could hear how you would answer. <laughs> you were playing with me. <laughs> No, Diamond. Just call me my own name. Respectfully, of course. North Wind. North Wind. You're so beautiful. I think... I think I'm ready to go with you anywhere. You must not be ready to go with everything that's beautiful, Diamond. Not all things that are beautiful are good. But if something's beautiful, how can it be bad? You're not bad. Are you, North Wind? No, I'm not bad. But sometimes beautiful things grow bad by doing bad, and it takes some time for their badness to spoil their beauty. So little boys may be mistaken if they go after things just because they are beautiful. Then I'll go with you because you're beautiful and good too. Ah, but there's another thing, Diamond. What if I should look bad without being bad? Look ugly myself because I am making ugly things beautiful. What then? I don't understand, Northwind. You tell me what, then? Well, I will tell you. If you see me with my face all dark, don't be frightened. If you see me flapping wings like a bat's, as big as the whole sky, don't be frightened. And never let go your hold of me, for my hand will never change in yours if you keep a good hold. As long as you hold firm, you will know who I am all the time. Even when you look at me and can't see me looking the least like the North Wind. Do you understand? I sort of understand. Come along then. So Diamond crept out of bed and followed the North Wind. But when Diamond got round the corner of a big hay bale, he hesitated. The stairway he would normally have gone down was at the far side of the loft and looked very black indeed, for it was full of North Wind's hair as she descended before him. But just beside him was a ladder going straight down into the stable. So Diamond thought he would run down that way. At the foot of the ladder was the stall where Diamond the horse lived, and there was his great head poking out of his box onto the ladder. Hello there, old Diamond. You want me to pull your ears for you, do you? There you go, old boy. You've got straw in your mane. You need a wash and a brush up, you do. Oh, yes, you do. I haven't got time to do it now. I have something important. Oh, wait. Which way? Did, did you see her? North Wind! North Wind! Please don't hide from me! Please! North Wind! Ow! Oh, where are you? You said... Just follow me, you did. I didn't mean to lose sight of you. Honest, I didn't. I didn't. Ow. Oh, it's 
fucking... Ow! North wind! Come back! Hello? Is that you, Diamond? Are you all right, lad? I'm coming right down. Why doesn't he answer? What if it's burglars? Oh, mercy me. Do you think someone is trying to steal our little dear son away? Oh, you do take on so, Martha. It is Diamond. He's out in the yard. What's he up to outdoors in his nightshirt? Diamond? Diamond, what are you doing? Oh, you poor boy, you're freezing cold. Look at you in your nightclothes. You all right, lad? She's gone. She's gone. And I can't find her anywhere. Who's gone? Mother's here, dearest. Follow. I try to follow. What's that? Who did you try to follow, son? Joseph. I think he's been sleepwalking. I've never known him do that. Where is she? You're dreaming, Diamond. It's all right now. Poor little lad. Diamond. Oh, don't waken him, Joseph. They say you mustn't waken a sleepwalker. She's gone. She's gone away now. Oh, I'm so tired. Come on, lad. I'll carry you back up to bed, safe and sound. There we go. There. Diamond woke very early in the morning and thought what a curious dream he had had. But the memory grew brighter and brighter in his head until it didn't seem altogether like a dream. Indeed, he began to wonder how this aching feeling in his heart could be the result of a dream at all. For something about Northwind's voice and her pale and beautiful face filled his whole being with a strange longing. And sure enough, it was only a week or two later when Diamond, on a cold and calm night, found himself suddenly and mysteriously awake in the dark. Diamond! Mm. Open my window, Diamond! North wind? I didn't hear you blowing. No, but you hear me talking. Open my window, for I haven't much time. Yes, but please, North wind, you left me all alone last time. That wasn't my fault. I have my work to do, and I must be about my business. Besides, a gentleman should never keep a lady waiting. All right, then. I will open the window, but... <coughs> Who are you? Who else but North Wind would call at her window? You're really North Wind? Yes. Really? Hurry up. But you're no bigger than me. Do you think I care how big or how little I am? Hurry up, if you want to go with me. But are you big enough to look after me? I'm big enough to show you the way. But if you won't come, very well then. You must stay. No, no, all right, I'll come. But I'm not playing hide and seek tonight. Oh. <laughs> come along, take my hand. Remember what I told you. Hold firm. I'm coming. But, oh, stop, stop. Please, I can't jump over walls. I'm not tall enough. Oh, well then. I must grow tall enough for both of us. <gasps> North wind. Now, Diamond, 
Reach out for my hand. Yes, I'll try. Oh, this is nice. There you are. Now we can go together. <laughs> you can jump so high. Where are we now? Beside the great river. Where are we going? You'll soon see. Diamond could have told by her voice, even if he'd not seen with his eyes, that she was still growing larger and larger. Her head went up and up towards the stars, and as she grew, her hair also grew longer and longer and lifted itself from her head and went out in black waves. Then she put her hands behind her head and gathered some of her hair and began weaving and knotting it together. Diamond... You may not be able to keep hold of me tonight. And if I were to drop you, I don't know what might happen. So I'm weaving a place for you in my hair. Come up. Oh, yes. I make a nest for myself in the hay sometimes. And I hide there in the dark storms. Then you may hide in my hair and peep out whenever you feel brave enough. Come on, Diamond. <clears throat> <clears throat> Are you comfortable? Yeah, it's the best comfortable ever, this is. The next moment he was rising through the air. North Wind grew towering up to the place of the clouds. Her hair went streaming out from her till it spread like a mist over the stars. She flung herself abroad in space. Trees and water and green grass hurried away beneath. Roofs swept along like a great torrent of stones and rocks. Chimney pots fell and tiles flew from the roofs. There was a great roaring, for the wind was dashing against London like a sea. But the north wind's back. Diamond, of course, felt nothing of it at all. He was in a perfect calm. Please, north wind, what makes the trees and houses look as if they're running away? I'm sweeping away the stale air of the old night and sweeping in fresh, new, clean air. Hear the sound of my broom. Later, I'll sweep the cobwebs from the sky. But first, I must finish the floor. Look! Look down there! That poor little girl with, with a broom of twigs. She's being blown across the road. She can't stand against the wind. It's tearing at her dress. Do you see her? Do you see her? Yes, I see her. She's crying. Oh, please, Northwind. Please help her. I'm sorry, Diamond, but I mustn't leave my work. I have my sweeping to do, and she has hers. But why? There are reasons, Diamond. Everybody can't be treated the same. Everybody's not ready for the same thing. Of course, you can help out if you like. You've got nothing particular to do at this moment. I have. All right. I'll help her just for a bit. And you can wait for me for a minute, can't you? I can't wait. If you help her, you must do it by yourself. And careful, or you may get blown over too. That's all right. Please let me help her now. Northwind made no answer. But Diamond had a feeling that she had known all along that he would choose to help the little girl, just as she had known his name. Down and down she carried him until she stood in the street with her hair flying over the rooftops. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, watch out for that old chimney. Oh, watch out. Oh, 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 oh. North wind, where are you? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Stop. Run on to me. I can't. We're only 
Why were you out in the winds then if you ain't got a crossing to sweep? Is that what you do? Yes. I sweep all the dirt away for the ladies and gentlemen, so they don't spoil their fine clothes when they get in their carriages. What about your clothes? Who cares about me? Dear me, I'm lucky if the gentlefolk look at me, let alone smile. Or give me a penny for my troubles. Couldn't you do something else? I can't. Old Sal's all I've got, see? That's the old woman who looks after me. Well, she don't look after me. She shouts at me if I don't bring enough pennies home to buy her gin. I won't go back to her if she won't no good to me. But you have to go somewhere. Old Sal's all I've got. She doesn't eat you, does she? Oh, no. She doesn't bother enough to do that. She just lies in bed a-cuddling her old ugly bones and laughs to hear me crying at the door. But surely she'll let you in tonight. I'll be lucky if she does. Well, go on then, lead the way, and I'll look after you. You're a bit different, you are. The girl took Diamond's hand and led him, turning after turning, until they stopped at a mean cellar door in a very dirty lane. Here we are then. Paradise Row. It's a nice name, isn't it? Oh, I would like to live here. Oh, yes, you would. If you had nowhere else to go. I only hope we can get in. I don't think I want to go in. Where will you go then? Home. To my home. Where's that? Oh, I'm not sure where it is from here. Then you're worse off than I am. Sal's wide awake listening. We won't get in. Let's move on. Where to? Oh, anywheres. Bless you. I'm used to it. Hadn't you better come home with me, then? That's a good joke when you don't even know where your home is. Come on, we'll find somewhere. The wind had now died down considerably, and they wandered this way and that, until they had come out of the thick of the houses into a kind of wasteland. Diamond suddenly felt very tired. <sighs> oh, hang on. Look, let's have a rest, shall we? Come on. There's something like a railway <sighs> down there. Perhaps we'll find an arch to shelter under. <sighs> <sighs> Here we are, an old barrel. Mm. A barrel? A barrel makes the comfiest bed going. 
if you're sleeping rough. We can take a nap in here and then move on. It doesn't smell very good. It's better than nothing. Hurry. Oh, mm. oh watch out. Oh, oh, my knee. Sorry. Mm. Oh, yes. I mean, it's quite nice, isn't it? I told you. I know about these things. How old are you? I'm nearly ten, I think. How old are you? I I've had my ninth birthday. Fancy a little kid like you being as old as me. I thought you must be twelve. You talk like you were twelve. What's your name? They call me Nanny. What's your name? Diamond. How'd you do, Nanny? <laughs> How'd you do yourself? Anyways, what are you doing out all alone like this? No, I wasn't alone, but she said she couldn't wait for me while I helped you. She had to get on with her sweeping. Sweeping? Who? I was the only sweeper at that crossing. Her name is North Wind. North Wind? I've had enough North Wind. And every other kind of wind to last me a lifetime. It's nice to be out of the wind for once. But she's not any kind of wind. She's North Wind. What? Listen, she came to my attic, she blew through the hole, and then I pulled the straw out. And then she came all sort of rushing around and filled the whole attic with her... with her hair. Go on. Blowing and riding and falling and... It was like a great sea. A great sea? <laughs> She's gentle, but she can be so stern sometimes. And mysterious. You don't know what to think. She might do anything. You know what I mean? Get out of it. Mm. Sometimes she's tall as a house. Taller, up to the clouds. And sometimes she's just like a little girl. Like you. Like me. You should come with us, Nanny. Nah. She'll pick you up and put her in her great tangled hair. And then show you the whole of London from up in the sky. London from the sky? You're soft in the edge, you are. You talk bosh. I'm beginning to think you must have got out of one of them lunatic asylums. If you believe the wind carries you up in the sky. But that's how I saw I've you. I've never heard such nonsense. So Diamond and Nanny, trapped in the battle, rolled all the way down the street until it crashed against the wall. Oh, oh my shoulder! Oh. Oh. I've never been in a barrow that's done that before. You see? You made a cross. She just blows at people who say bad things like that. You shouldn't have said she was Bosch. Oh, oh dear, what are we going to do now? Our barrels break to pieces. Come on, then. We'd better go on. To where? We'll have to try and find my home. We live in Mr. Coleman's coach house. The wilderness. I know it's somewhere in London. Somewhere in London? Well, that's a good start, that is. Near the river. Let's go up this hill. Maybe we can see from the top. Come on. <sighs> 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 Let's have a look around. You can't see nothing from here. Only mm. lights. At least those you can see through the smog. Wait! Can you feel her? She's blowing us! Can I blow us down the other side of the hill if we're not careful? Maybe that's the way she wants us to go. Take my hand. Come on. But it's so steep. We're gonna fall. Keep running. And hold on. What's happening? I can't feel the ground anymore. Are you pulling me up in the air? Are we running or flying? I don't know. I like it. Oh, this can't be happening. Ah! Now I can feel my feet on the ground again. Oh dear. Oh no, where are we going now? 
soft straw. Yes. You see, I told you, Northwind was looking after us. What? We're in my master's garden. This is the hay stall for the horses. This is your home. Mr. Coleman's coach house. That's my room up there, over the stable. See? She said I'd find my way home. All we've got to do is stay with the north wind. Maybe that's it. After that, I'd sooner stay out of the wind. Thanks all the same. I said with the wind, not in it. It's the same thing. It isn't. It's his. You talk such bosh all the time. Oh, I could box your ears. Oh, could you now? Well, it's a good thing you're a girl. Oh, yeah. What about it? Boys have to walk away from girls, even if they're rude and unkind. <sighs> That's what. They just have to walk away and say nothing. <laughs> and so, you won't get any breakfast when me mum wakes up. Breakfast? Yeah. If you'd only stop being so rude about North Wind, then you could come in with me for some breakfast. Hmm. Well... I'd like to, but it's almost morning. I must get back to my crossing. Goodbye, Diamond. Strange boy. Goodbye, then, Nanny. The little girl ran swiftly up the hill and disappeared <laughs> behind it. Then Diamond ran through the garden behind the master's kitchen to the stable. And he was so grateful to tumble into his own bed in the hayloft once again. <sighs> You took me home after all. Thank you. Thank you, Northwind. Several nights went by, and there was no sign of Northwind. But somehow, Diamond knew she would come back for him. And one blustery night, he had the feeling she was on the move. So he asked if he could go to bed early which made his mother even more concerned about him. I can't help worrying. He's been so pale all day. Now, Martha, the boy will be right as rain. Nothing a little sleep won't cure. He's overtired with playing and running around. The lad never stops. Last night I kept hearing You mustn't keep going up to the hayloft all the time. Like some worrying creature, you'll disturb the little fella. Breathing so heavily. Slowly. He's signaling for something I know. There's a storm brewing tonight. That's probably all it is. Old Diamond's been sniffing and snuffling too. Sad to hear a horse snuffling. I'm not talking about the horse, Joseph. I'm talking about our Diamond. He's been so pale. Oh, Martha, you do take on so. Just checking, Joseph. Or I shan't rest easy. Already in bed. I got into my nightshirt all by myself. How are you feeling? I feel fine. You're cold. Damp. The sweat on your brow. Last night you said I was hot, so I thought I'd be the opposite tonight. Then tomorrow I'll be perfectly in between. <laughs> You're a silly boy. <laughs> Go on to sleep then. Whatever you say. Good night, Mum. Are you sure you're warm enough? I'm very warm. I'm beautifully, wonderfully warm, I am. Good night, then, Diamond. Oh, that's nice and warm, that is. Cosy, warm, cosy, snuggly and soft.
when Diamond awoke, thunder was rolling across the sky and seemed to crash over his head. Suddenly, a blast of wind tore some tiles off the roof, and he was staring up into the heavens where the clouds were boiling like a furious ocean. He sat up, unafraid, as he saw a mighty arm descend through the roof. The great, beautiful fingers were streaming with light as they came towards him, beckoning. Diamond, Diamond, come up, Diamond. It's all ready. I'm waiting for you. Diamond reached and put his hand in the great palm open before him. Her fingers closed around him in the softest embrace and lifted him up and up into the wild of the storm. Oh, North Wind! Everything is howling and rushing around in a mad dance. The leaves, the tiles, all the dead branches. Aren't you scared? My dear Diamond, what is fearful to you is not the least fearful to me. I suppose the wind can't hurt you, because you're it. But if I'm it, and you're in my arms, how can the wind hurt you? Oh! It looks as if the whole world is lit up. Do you think you can see the whole world from here? Wait, let me carry you higher yet. But first, I need a firmer grasp. Let me bring you closer. Oh, that's a better place, that is. Right next to your heart. Wouldn't you rather climb into my hair? I suppose I might, but you don't know how nice it is to feel your arms around me. You'd be more comfortable in my hair. I think there are better things sometimes than being comfortable. <laughs> yes, indeed, there are. I will keep you in front of me, Diamond. You will feel the wind, but not too much. I shall only need one arm to hold you close. The other will be quite enough to do what I must do. What must you do? Sink a ship. Sink a ship? What? With sailors in it? Yes. And ladies, too? Yes. No, North Wind, you mustn't. It don't seem right. Why would you do a thing like that? Please, North Wind, you're not cruel, are you? I could not be cruel if I wanted to. I can do nothing cruel. Although when people do not know what I am really doing, it can often seem cruel. If people drown, I carry them away to... To... Well, the back of the North Wind. The back of the North Wind? That's what they called it long ago. Is that where the people go who drown? Oh, many others too. So many they can't be numbered. It's a mysterious place, Diamond. And I scarcely understand it myself. But, but how can you bear to hear the people when they're drowning? I will tell you how I am able to bear it, Diamond. Only because I am always hearing, through every noise, through all the noise I am making myself even, the sound of a far-off song. Somehow, the music tells me that all is right. That the deep and mysterious song will take away all the crime and all the sadness. It sings to me of an unknown land, so full of light, it has no need of the sun or the moon. A land that is full of this great and joyous music. Can you hear it, Diamond? The music? The song? What music? I can't hear no music. North Wind, I can't hear you anymore. Am I still in your arms? Where are you? Don't leave me to sing the ship. Oh, the poor people. They might die. It's all right. It's all right, Diamond. It's nothing. Just a dream. A dream? A dream. Nothing more. <laughs> 
But the north wind. Oh, yes. The north wind has been blowing up a storm all night. Oh, dear. You're sweating. Here, let me wipe your forehead. Oh, Diamond. What am I to do with you? Tossing and turning and dreaming and calling out. What was I saying? Something about ships and storms and goodness knows what else. You and your dreams. Is it morning? Because I'm ready for breakfast. I don't think the boy is looking right, Joseph. I don't know. I think he looks pretty lively to me. How do you say you are, boy? Hungry. <laughs> there you go, then. Would you like to come and ride with me in a carriage today? Oh, yes. But, Joseph... It would give the lad some fresh air, wouldn't it, Martha? To blow away the cobwebs. And he loves to see the sights as we clip-clop round the streets of London. And Dad would be there to look after me. Go on, Mum. Please, may I go? With the two of you gazing at me like that, what can I say? <laughs> Get along with the both of you. Hooray! <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. Everything to be done. <laughs> Everything to be done. Oh, dear me. A penny for your trouble, child. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. And buy yourself something to eat. You look half starved. Oh, I'm right enough, ma'am. But thank you for your kindness. Oh, look. She's got a penny now. She's rich then, ain't she? Oh, spare us a couple, oh. miss. Please, please. Oh, oh, let go of me. Give us the money. Give it. Go. No. 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 Just give oh, it. No. Dad, Sarah over there. I know that girl. Oh, the little girl with the broom? Yes. It looks as if she's in trouble. May I go and see her? All right. Hop down. I'm just off to collect some parcels in Chiswick for Mr Coleman. I'll be coming back this way in a few minutes. I'll be waiting for you on the other side of the road. Mind you are, then. Get lost, little boy, before you get hurt. Yeah. Now give me back that money. No! You, get off her. No. Come on, then. No. Oh. 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 Leave her alone, oh. oh. Boy, leave her alone, oh. both of you. What are you doing? You're stopped in the head. You're mad as a wet hen. Oh. Wait, wait for me. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> Thanks. But you shouldn't have helped me. Oh, look, you'll have a bruise there. <laughs> Better than the bruise I would have had if I'd left you alone. What? The bruise inside. That kind of herb, when it's inside, it doesn't go away like a bruise does. You're a funny one, you are. Most of the time you talk bosh. But sometimes... Uh, I think I almost know what you mean. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? Oh, excuse me, sir. Let me sweep for you, sir. Can't let your shoes get dirty. <laughs> there we are, sir. It's a fine day today, ain't it, sir? Quite warm and not too windy. Indeed it is. <laughs> Here's a penny for you, child. <laughs> now, let's make that tuppence for your sweet <gasps> smile and your courtesy. Ah, oh, sir, thank you kindly. And is this your brother here? Oh, no, sir. He's a bit simple, if you know what I mean. What they call one of God's babies. He means well. But he's not quite right in the head. I see. 
Well, my little man, what are you up to today? Driving in the carriage with my dad. Oh, in the carriage, do you say? How splendid. <laughs> what else do you like to do? Can you read? No, sir. But Mum and Dad can. And they're going to teach me one day soon. Oh, good. Well, when you learn to read, come to me and I'll give you a book with fine pictures in it. And sixpence for your very own. Oh, thank you, sir. But where should I come? I don't know where you live. Here's my card, with my name and address printed on it. Thank you, sir. When I can read, I'll know what it says. Quite so. And now, I must be about my business. Oh, yes. Like the North Wind. Indeed. <laughs> well, goodbye to you. Goodbye. Goodbye, sir. Oh, look. There's my dad come back to me. I'll see you again. Bye, then. And thank you. Dad! Excuse me. May I take the question for you, miss? My dad's dad. Dad! There you are. Climb up. <coughs> Thanks. Hello, Dad. Ah, oh, Diamond, look at you. What's that on your forehead? A smudge of soot? A bruise? Your mum will be in a state. We met a man. Such a nice man. A good man. The best you ever meet in your life. See? What's this? A gentleman's visiting card. Where'd you come by this? Did you pick it up on the street? He gave it to me, so I'd know where to go. A.P. Raymond Esquire, 32 Castle Street. 32 Castle Street. I remember that. Oh, a grand street, that is. All lined with trees, one of the best in London. Take care of this, my boy, or it may lead to something good. God knows in these hard times, a man wants as many friends as he's ever likely to get. They say a mother knows. And even though Diamond seemed well enough most of the time, Martha was still concerned about him. Something far away in his eyes troubled her. Martha, what would you say to sea breezes? Sea breezes? For the lad. Don't you think a bit of sea air might put the colour back in his cheeks? Take him down to the seaside, why don't you, for a little holiday? But the money? How can we We've got to... enough put by for the railway fare, and you could stay with your sister Mary. She's always writing to ask you down to the coast. It would be lovely to see Mary. Oh, but what about you, Joseph? Left here all alone. I'll manage all right. I've got old diamonds to keep an eye on me. I've got more than enough to do. The master's worried about his business just now, and he keeps sending me off on errands from dawn till dusk. So it was agreed. Mr. Coleman said Joseph could use the carriage to take Martha and Little Diamond to the railway station, with trusty Old Diamond pulling them in style. And off they went to the seaside for a holiday with Aunt Mary. How young Diamond loved the train ride! His favourite part was peeping his head out of the window to feel the wind rushing past his face. He'd always loved the wind, but now, of course, because he knew North Wind herself. He loved it even more. So he wasn't a bit surprised when he heard a voice in the wind that he knew very well. Did you know it was me stroking your face? I hoped it was you. Did you sink the ship then? Yes, Diamond. And what happened to all the people? I don't know. I followed my orders. The rest is in someone else's hands. <laughs> 
Goodbye. Oh, stay. North Wind, please stay. What is it, my dear child? I have my work, and I must be up and doing. I want you to take me to the country at the back of the North Wind. Do you, Diamond? Ah, oh, that's not so easy. Please, I want to go where there's no crying, and hear the sound of the faraway music, to the country which is full of brightness and singing. Can we go there? We shall see. We shall see. Go on your holiday, my dear, and your mother will be so happy. Let me think a while, and I'll see what can be done for you. That ship which had sunk to the bottom of the sea, Diamond could never have guessed what it would mean for his family. For it so happened that the ship had belonged to none other than Mr. Coleman, his father's employer. One day, when the boy and his mother had been staying with Aunt Mary for a few days, Martha had a letter from home. And as she read it, my position. she cried out, Oh dear, it's a sad world. Is it? Oh, Diamond, we have no home to go back to. Oh. Mr. Coleman's lost all his money and his house. Oh, dear, oh, dear. The bailiffs came and took everything away. The carriage and the horse, too. Oh. Our lovely old Diamond. Gone. Gone. And your father has no work anymore. And we've nowhere to live. Mary, what are we to do? Now, Martha, you can stay here as long as you like. Oh. You and the boy. And Joseph, too, if needs be. Oh, Mary, you're so kind. But what will become of us? The boy is so frail. How shall we live? How shall we eat? There's some gingerbread in the basket here. Oh, this is hard. Oh. oh, my child. How can you know what this means? What a mercy we can stay with your auntie while your father tries to find another job. Of course you can. There, there. Oh, Mary... There's an old saying at sea. It's an ill wind that blows nobody some good. For the very same wind that blows one ship off course may speed another homeward. And even a tragedy can sometimes lead on to better days. Of course, it seemed very hard that Joseph had lost his livelihood and the family had nowhere to live. What could be worse than that? Well, there are worse things such as losing hope. And I must tell you that poor Joseph was close even to that. Day after day he trudged the streets of London looking for work. And then, after some time, he happened to bump into an old friend, Mr. Judd. Ah, oh, that's a tricky one, Joseph, no mistake. But here's a thought. Why don't you set up for yourself now? In, in the cab line, I mean. I'd like to, Mr. Judd, but I haven't got enough money for that. It's not as pricey as you'd think. You could get a cab and pay for it week by week out of your earnings. Yes, and lose it again if I couldn't keep up the payments. But you're a worker, Joseph. I'm sure you'd make a go of it. And here's a stroke of luck. I picked up a horse just yesterday, which I could let you have dirt cheap. Not so young as he was. But if I'm any judge of horse flesh, he's got a good few years in him yet. It's kind of you, Mr. Judd, but since I lost my own horse... Well, it was Mr. Coleman's, really. 
I just haven't got the heart to look another horse in the face. Come into the stable, see what you make of him. Well, there's no harm in looking, I suppose. There we are. A bit forlorn looking, I grant you, but... <laughs> well, well, I'll be. There you are, then. What do you think? I don't know what to think. Oh, Diamond. Can it be? Oh, friend. I never thought I'd see you no more. Well, now, you two. Already acquainted, I see. Can't say I ever felt so close to a horse as to hug him, but uh, seeing how it is, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll take another pound off the price. It's a shame to part, old friends. You're a kind and generous soul, Mr. Judd. Nah, think nothing of it, man. Come into the backyard. There's a four-wheeled cab in need of a little repair. But I reckon it'll serve for a while longer. It's the cheapest option for you. And being so handy as you are, you can do it up in no time. Meanwhile, down at the seaside, Little Diamond had a fever and went to bed early one night. Straight away, he fell into a deep sleep. And then he heard an old familiar voice calling him. Quick, Diamond. Hmm? I have found such a chance to take you to the back of the North Wind. Are you ready, Diamond? I've been a bit poorly lately, but, but I always feel ready when you are with me. I am with you now, but you'll have to make the last part of the journey all by yourself. Must I? Yes. But that is the only way you can get there. But I promise you will not be lonely. Are you ready? Oh, yes. Then take my hand, for we must fly swiftly. On gentle breezes, Diamond flew with North Wind. On and on they went. North Wind? Is the back of the North Wind your back? And if it is, then why is it so far? You'll understand more by and by. There now. What do you see? We're by the coast. Is it white cliffs? White cliffs everywhere. No. These are icebergs. Icebergs? They look like huge white mountains or... We're nearly there. Islands? Huge great floating islands? Yes. And one of these islands will carry us to the very limit of our journey. This one. Here. Ooh. Everything looks all sort of... mysterious. Is the sun rising or setting? Neither, or both. I can hardly tell which myself. Take my hand now, Diamond. We're going to jump down. <coughs> oh, I'm sliding. I'm sliding. Where are we going? I'm afraid we're going to slide off the edge into the sea. Don't be afraid. We'll just wait here, in this snow cave. For a while. Come along. Crawl in here. With me. Oh. Blue. And blue. And deeper blue. Deepest blue I've ever seen. It's all dazzling and sparkling and... It's an ice palace. Oh, North Wind. Shall we explore? Come on. 
Let's go down that tunnel. What's the matter? You've gone so pale, then. You look different, sort of. What's the matter? Nothing much. I feel very faint. But you mustn't mind it. For I can bear it quite well. I can see the cave through you. Like you're all hollow. You're melting. Are you melting? What's happening? You'll find me again soon. On the doorstep of my home. Doorstep? Where? Just go straight on. Diamond peered out of the cave. Far off on the horizon, he saw a shining peak that rose into the sky like the top of some tremendous mountain. And the iceberg was bearing him straight towards it. At last, it floated slowly up to a projecting rock, and Diamond stepped ashore. <clears throat> the air was very cold, and seemed somehow dead, for there was not the slightest breath of wind. In the center of the ridge before him appeared a gap like the opening of a valley. But as he walked towards it, wondering whether that could be the way he had to take, he saw a woman seated against the front of the ridge, leaning forward with her hands in her lap and her hair hanging down to the ground. He was sure it was north wind, but he feared she might be dead. Her face was white as the snow. Her eyes were blue as the air in the ice cave, and her hair hung down straight like icicles. North Wind! North Wind! Well, child? I thought you were... I thought... Are you ill? No, I'm not ill. Just waiting. What for? Till I'm wanted. What shall I do now? You must walk on as if I were an open door and go right through me. But that will hurt you. Not in the least. It will hurt you, though. I, I don't mind that if you tell me to do it. When he reached her knees, he put out his hand to touch her. But all he could feel was an intense cold. He walked forward. Then all grew white about him, and the cold stung him like fire. He walked on still, groping through the whiteness. It thickened about him. At last, it got into his heart, and he lost all sense. I would say that he fainted. Only whereas in an ordinary faint everything grows black around you, he felt swallowed up in whiteness. It was when he reached North Wind's heart that 
but he really did faint. But as he fell, he rolled over the threshold. And so it was, the diamond got to the back of the north wind. I've now come to the most difficult part of my story. And why? Because I do not know enough about it. So you ask, why should I not know as much about this part as about any other part? For, of course, I only know what Diamond chose to tell me. Ah, you say. Then why wouldn't Diamond tell me about the country at the back of the North Wind, as well as about his adventures in getting there? Because when he came back, he had forgotten a great deal. And what he did remember was almost impossible to convey. How can I find words to describe this place when Diamond himself could say so little? From the first time I met the boy, I could sense that he had an extraordinary tale to tell. Something in his clear eyes, the way he had of looking quite through me and beyond me. I knew that he could hear music I couldn't hear. He could see shapes and colors that I could barely imagine. Perhaps it was what he didn't say, or couldn't say, that made it seem as if his whole life was overflowing with a half-remembered dream. Much later, when I got to know him, he would occasionally begin to talk, haltingly, almost impatient with his own feeble words about the land at the back of the North Wind. In part one of At the Back of the North Wind, Juliet Stevenson starred as the North Wind, with Joss Ackland as Mr. Raymond, and Tom Fleming as our storyteller. Diamond was played by Pax Baldwin, and Nanny by Jacqueline Benbow. Russell Bolter played Joseph, and Annette Badland was Martha. Timothy Bateson played Mr. Judd, David Simeon was John, Audrey Palmer was Aunt Mary, and Polly Marge was Old Sal. The street children were played by Mark O'Day and Jaffa Hussain. Other parts were played by members of the company. And the back of the North Wind was dramatised by Philip Glassborough and Murray Watts. Sound design was by Todd Busteed and the music was composed by Jared De Pasquale. The producer was Dave Arnold and the director Norman Stone. It was a focus on the family radio theatre production.